Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. I'm excited to be able to preach this morning, and Pastor Perry, Pastor Barbara, thank you so much for allowing me the opportunity of being able to preach today. The way that you guys have led this church through the pandemic in a healthy manner has been absolutely amazing. I love the way that you guys have continued to love the church, and really it's an inspiration how the church should be loved. And so if you, lo- if you feel loved by Pastor Perry and Barbara Kelvig, our lead pastors, would you let them know how much you appreciate them this morning? Amen. Amen. Uh, so a couple of weeks ago was spring break, and our children uh, had spring break, and I told our kids, I said, hey, mom and I have to work, but we're going to take one day off for sure. We'll be able to do something as a family. So I started looking on the internet for some fun things that we could do together, and one of the things I ran across was this new emerging sport. It's called foot golf. Maybe you've heard about this. You go to a golf course and you actually play foot golf. Instead of using a golf club and a golf ball, you use your leg as, as a, you know, the golf club and then you use a ball, which is a soccer ball. And instead of a tiny little cup and a little pin sticking up, a little flag, there's a huge hole in the ground about the size of a garbage can with a flag sticking out of it. And they have par threes, fours, and fives, just like regular golf. So I want to show you this photo. Um, Uh, This is us standing on the first tee. I want you to notice how happy we are before we got started. I want you to notice we're like ready to have a good time. We're all ready to just have like get in there like, all right, we're spending a a good day as a family. If you're noticing where Lexi is, it's because Lexi is away at college and everyone's like, oh, all right, it's okay though. It's all right. So she's away at college and so the other two kids that loved us went ahead and stayed home. So, all right. um, So no, we wanted to have some fun. So here we are, we're getting ready to play uh, foot golf. So after the first hole, you know, you put your foot, you put the, go- the, the ball down, you kick it, you make it into the hole. And after the first hole, I'm happy to report that I was winning by one stroke. Then we get to the second hole. And the second hole is a par five, which means you could barely even see where the, where the flag is. It's a long way away. So I got this idea. I thought, okay, I've, I've got to make sure that I kick this ball as as hard as I possibly can to get the most amount of distance that I possibly can. So I put the ball down, and I get ready to kick. You know, I scooted back because I knew I wanted to get a running start. And so I come up, and I go to kick the ball, and as soon I kick the ball, and as soon as my leg gets up to about right here, I hear a pop. I pulled my quad. I fell to the ground. Now, immediately, it was excruciating pain. It felt like, remember when you were in grade school and someone put their knuckle out like that and they come, came up and, like, socked you in the arm and he gave you that Charlie horse? That's what it felt like on my leg. So immediately, I fell to the ground. I fell, and immediately, the, the moaning started. I mean, as a grown man, this is probably in the top five worst amount of pains I have ever felt as a grown man. Like, I was laying down, and I'm groaning I'm like oh ah oh oh man this is bad oh man this is bad and that lasted for about 45 seconds and the entire time my eyes were closed okay so I'm moaning ah oh and oh oh man I'm I don't know I don't know if I'm gonna make it through this oh man oh man then I look up at my wife and this is what my wife is doing (laughs) no joke like I thought when you said for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in hell, I thought you meant it. But now, I don't know. Now I'm not sure. She was laughing at me, everybody. And listen, when I tried to get up, I fell back down. I couldn't put any weight on my leg. No joke. No weight on it. And so I I called the golf course, and I said, hey, I'm out here on hole number two. (laughs) Man, you know you're older when, right? (laughs) When you just try to kick a soccer ball on your Leg falls off. All right. So I, I get on the phone. I'm calling the golf course. And I said, hey, I'm out here at hole number two. Is there any way that someone can bring out a golf cart to me? I, I, and I let them know the whole scenario. And they said, oh, absolutely. We're going to get out there right now, right now. I mean, this high priority. And the only thing worse than the amount of pain I felt was the amount of time it took them to bring me the golf cart. I, I was like in excruciating pain. Didn't they realize how much pain I was in? And it took forever for the golf cart to come over to where I was. And the only thing I hated about that was the amount of time that it took them to bring the golf cart to me. How many of you hate waiting for things in life? Come on, let me see your hands. How many of you wait hating, you hate waiting for things? 
And our culture today is trying to eliminate any type of weight from our life. In fact, many of us can now use Amazon because we don't like going to the malls to try to shop there because we hate waiting in lines. In fact, not only do we just use Amazon, but every single one of us at the sound of my voice or on the internet, you've joined us today online, every single one of us, of, of us use Amazon Prime, and we decided to go ahead and pay the $140 a year for an annual, uh, an, an annual membership of Amazon Prime just so that we don't have to try to wait more than two days to try to get our packages. How many of you know what I'm talking about? We hate the wait. In fact, that is my first point today. We hate the wait. And the reason why I put that so up front in my sermons is because I didn't want you to wait for the very first blank to fill in. I wanted you to know exactly what that blank would be. I didn't want you to grow impatient on me while you're waiting here. We hate the wait. Now, how many of you have cell phones? Right? Everybody has cell phones. That's a dumb question. How many of you have an iPhone? How, let me see your hands. How many of you guys have iPhones? All right. Majority of the people in here. There is this convenient feature that the iPhone has, and just one of many reasons why the iPhone is just a better phone. Let me just put it out there for you, all right? I'm just kidding. Don't send me any emails or walk out on my sermon right now. It's okay. It's okay. You guys got phones? So I get it. All right. So there's this very convenient feature on the iPhone. I like to call it the three-dot feature. I don't know what the official name of this feature is, but the three-dot feature, and here's what it is. You have your cell phone, and whenever you send a text message, if three dots appear after you send it, that means the other piece person is reading your text message and is getting ready to respond right away. And so I love this feature because there are times where my wife will say, hey, sweetie, would you mind going to the grocery store? I need you to just go get a couple. Yeah, no problem. Just send me, send me the list on text message and no problem. I'll, I'll buy whatever you need me to buy. So I'll show up to the grocery store. I'll buy all the different items that are on that strand. And I'll get in line to go ahead and pay before I walk out. And I'll be second in line. And then I'm just trying to think, wait, did I get everything? I'm double-checking my list. And then on here it says ice cream. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Does she want me to get the kids' ice cream, which is chocolate? Or does she mean for me to get my ice cream, which is coffee ice cream? Where my coffee lover ice cream there. Hey, come on. So... I, I, because I'm doing the shopping, I got the coffee ice cream, of course. But now I'm in line, and I'll send her a text message. I start wondering, wait, wait, did I get the right ice cream? So I'll send her a text message. Hey, babe, I'm second in line. Shoot me over. Holler at your boy real quick. I'm, I'm, I'm second in line. Just let me know. What, do you want me to get chocolate, or do you want me to get the coffee ice cream for me? Which ones? Send. Oh, three dots. Cool. We're, we're good. We're good. And it takes forever, no response. I'm like, hey, are you there? Send. <laughs> Hello, send. I, send. Am, send. Next, send. In line, send. <laughs> Why are you not responding? Send. And then finally, it's my turn to go ahead and pay. So now I'm, I'm up there. I pay for all the different items. And the second that I walk out of the store... Guess what? Hey, husbands, what I'm about to say right now, just look straight. Don't, don't say, oh, Pastor God. Don't, don't do that. I'm trying to save your marriage right now. Listen to me. The second I go outside of the grocery store, I hear the ding. I look down and, oh, sorry, I meant to say get the chalk. What? I'm a, I already left the store. I'm not going back in there to have to wait for more and wait through the line any longer. You're going to be stuck. The kids are going to like coffee today. That's what they're going to get. They're not going to get anything else. And so I'm like, I, I just hate the wait. Just to be honest with you, I hate the wait. And every company is designing things to try to make our lives easier and trying to eliminate the wait. But can I submit to you today that in life, waiting is part of God's plan. And I know we all hate waiting. I know it's not fun, but it is part of God's plan. And some of us have dreams and goals that God has placed into our hearts that he's given to us. But right now we're in a waiting season. And some of our dreams and goals seem like they were headed in the right direction. And then all of a sudden the pandemic hit. And then all of a sudden those dreams and goals were put on pause. They had stopped. And right now you're waiting. And it's not easy to wait. But waiting is 
challenging. Waiting is always hard when you're trying to wait on God. But just remember that part of, of life is waiting on God, is waiting for him to answer, is waiting for his plan. God hasn't forgotten his plan. He hasn't forgotten his goals. He hasn't forgotten all the things he's spoken to your heart. God has a plan for every single one of us, and he's not forgotten about it. But in this waiting plan, what we have to do is we have to learn to live well. We have to learn to wait well. And that's what I've titled the sermon today, Wait Well. Let's pray. God, we love you so much, and we thank you for your wonderful presence. Lord, I just pray that you would add the anointing that comes with the preaching of your word. Lord, we felt your presence during worship, and now, Lord, would we continue to feel your anointing during this message. Anoint your servant today as I preach, and God, anoint our our hearts and our ears as we want to receive from you today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said an amen. 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 So throughout the Bible, we can find many different scriptures that talk about waiting on God. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1 says, There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. This verse is letting us know that we don't all live in the same season at the same time. So don't be jealous if you're in a planting season and when other people around you are in a harvest season. The only reason why it might seem like everyone around you is in a harvest season is because every time we go out to social media, all we ever see are harvest season posts. Here's what they look like. You know, the, the, the dad gets the phone out. He goes, hey, Facebook world, I'm in here in the car with the kids, and we're all getting ready to go to the happiest place on earth. That's right. We're going to Disneyland. And hey, kids, go ahead and say hi. Hey, everyone on Facebook, we're going to go see Miggy today. That's right. We're going to go see Miggy. And, and we always think that everyone is in the harvest season because we only see those types of posts. But what you don't see is what happened about one minute before they got that post. Here's what that would have looked like. Hey, you kids, stop arguing. Hey, kids, quiet down back there. I told you guys to stop yelling at each other. If you guys don't act right, we're not going to go to to see Mickey Mouse. And in fact, I'm about to post something right now. And if you guys don't put smiles on your faces and make everyone believe that we're a happy family, well, then we're not going to go. I'm going to turn this thing around. And Hey, Facebook family, we're out here in the car. We're getting ready to go to the happiest place on earth. That's the only type of post we ever see. But there are a lot of different seasons that we can find ourselves in. There's three seasons. There's the planting season, the watering season, and the harvest season. And if you're still in a waiting season and other people are in the harvest season, it should encourage you today to know that they are in their harvest season because the same God that got them through their first two seasons is the same God that can get you through your seasons. The same God that got them to their harvest time post is the same God that can get you to your harvest time post. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 3 says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak, it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Come on, somebody shout, wait. Wait for it. God has an appointed time on his calendar to bring about the vision that he's placed in your heart. Listen, this is so important that we get this key today. God has an appointment on his calendar for your career. God has an appointment on his calendar for your breakthrough. God has an appointment on his calendar for your retirement. God has a breakthrough on his calendar for your healing. God has an appointment on his calendar for every single desire that he's placed in your heart. God has actually taken out a pen. He opened up his day planner for some of you that are older, older than 40. And, or he took out his thing that he's going to write that thing. He wrote it in permanent ink. He has, a, he has a date set for the things of God that he wants to bring about in your life. Look at this. Genesis chapter 18 and verse 14 is talking about Abraham and Sarah as they're waiting for this promised child. And it says, is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. God says, I know you're waiting, and I know it's difficult, but don't worry because I have an appointed time when I'm going to bring about this child to be born. I've already got it marked on my calendar. And one of the worst things that we could do in a waiting season is move and run ahead of God. 
God promised Abraham and Sarah that they were going to have this promised child, and they begin to grow impatient as they think that their window of opportunity is coming to a close because they're continuing to get older and older and older. They're, they're now 90 and 100 years old. Can you imagine being 90 and 100 years old, and you're going to have a child? Like I, I'm 43, and I can't imagine having a child at 43. I don't have the energy for that anymore. Sometimes my kids will say, hey, Dad, let's go out and play airsoft. Or let's, and I'm like, okay, all right, you know. But, but I got to suck it up because I just don't have the same amount of energy that I do. And here they are. They're getting older and older, and they begin to think their promised child hasn't come. So they begin to think, you know what? Let us help God a little bit. Let, let's help God out. Maybe God forgot about us. And then in verse cha- chapter 16 and verses 1 and 2 of Genesis, it says, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, and by the way, that's the names that were given to them before they became Abraham and Sarah. Now Sarah, Sarai had borne him no children. But she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go, sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build my family through her. Say what? Like what are you what are you talking about? Like so Sarah, the, the greatest thing that you possibly can think of of doing in this moment and situation. Out of all the different great ideas on the face of the planet, the one that she went with is, hey, husband, go ahead and sleep with someone else so you could have a child with her. Like, have you ever done something that you really didn't think through all the way? That's one of those types of situations for Sarah, and Sarah is in that type of situation. Abraham does exactly what Sarah requests, and he has a child with Hagar. Abram and Sarah run ahead of God, and now before we, we, we want to cast, you know, cast certain remarks about them or before we think negatively about them or before we think we're better than Abraham and Sarah, let's all remember that every single one of us have run ahead of God at some point in our life before. And I was in, when I was in high school, I was in this relationship that went on for nearly three years. I thought I was going to marry this girl. I saw myself you know, having a life with this girl. And then one night she gave me a call and she said, hey, I want to I break up. I, I don't want to be together any longer. And it was one of the hardest things I had ever had to go through in life. And as I think back on that situation now, I can't help but to be so thankful to the Lord that she broke up with me that day. Because had she never broken up with me, I, I never would have met my wife, who I've been married to for 20 years. Come on, somebody. He who finds a wife has found a good thing. We would have never had our kids, our three kids. We would have never had them. And it's an amazing thing because one thing that I've learned about life is that the only, the only thing worse than waiting on God is wishing we would have. That's a good point, Pastor Gary. Preach that one again. The only thing worse than waiting on God is wishing we would have. And so today I want to give us four wise ways to wait on God where we're going to take a look at Abraham and Sarah. We're also going to couple that together with Psalm 37, which I call the Waiting on God chapter. But the f- point number one is the first wise way to wait on God is wait with trust. Wait with trust. Abraham and Sarah had to learn how to wait on God and how to wait with trust. Psalm 37 verses 4 and 5 says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him, and he will help you. When we trust God with our heart's desires and our dreams, waiting is never wasted. And we have to learn to trust God more than we trust ourselves. And it's not always easy to trust God because when we're in a waiting season, we're not seeing the dream happen or the relationship happen or the healing happen or the career happen or the breakthrough happen. It's so easy to try to give up because it's easy in those moments. But instead of trusting ourselves, we need to trust in the Lord more. And when we don't trust and we don't see God moving the way we think he should be moving, we have to look at his hand and trust his hand. And trust when we don't see his hand moving, we ought to trust his heart. Because one thing about the Lord is that he has a track record. And if he's done it for you in the past, he will absolutely be able to do things for you again in the future. Have you ever been in a place where, 
where just like Abraham and Sarah, where you're trusting God and you're believing God for certain things. You're believing God for a dream. Only so much time has passed by that, that, that now so much time has passed by that you get, went ahead and given birth to a burden instead of giving birth to a blessing. And that's exactly what Abraham and Sarah did. They gave birth to a burden because they ran ahead of God. Have you ever been there before where you've given birth to something because you ran ahead of God? Where you were so impatient, you ran ahead of God and you gave birth to a relationship burden. Or you ran ahead of God and you ran ahead of that financial burden. Where now you ran ahead of God and you've given birth to that career burden. All the different burdens that we can give birth to because we run ahead of God. And sometimes we get to these moments and we can't just continue to blame everybody and everything else. Well, sometimes we have to look at ourselves and say, I'm in the place that I'm at right now in life, not because of my neighbors or my coworkers or because of Satan or because of anything else, but sometimes we find ourselves in that place because we ran ahead of God and gave birth to a burden instead of giving birth to a blessing. And what we have to learn in these seasons is that when we're waiting on God, it is not easy to wait on God, but when we, when we do find ourselves in these seasons and we don't see God moving in the direction that we want to see him moving in, we have to trust his heart. And if we learn to trust his heart, we will learn to wait with trust. Come on, give the Lord amen. amen. Number two, the second way to wait on God is wait with a still soul. Even though Abraham and Sarah had made mistakes, they still learn to wait on God with a still soul. And I want to give you this morning three traps that will trap us from waiting with a still soul. Psalm 37 in the first part of verse 7 says, Be still. In other words, don't be restless. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently on Him. So the first trap that I want to show you in regards to waiting on God with a still soul, the first trap is be still versus being restless. Rest in God's presence. Enjoy everyday life. Enjoy the season you're in right now instead of trying to chase for the next season. So many people are unhappy in life today because they're so restless chasing the next dream or chasing the next season in life instead of just resting in the season that they're at in life right now. They keep on chasing it under their own strength. But can I tell you this morning that God has a door at the end of the hallway that he wants to open up on your behalf. And sometimes what we ought to learn when we're in the hallway is we got to learn how to praise him in the hallway. Oh, things may not be changing yet, but I'm going to praise him in the hallway. My circumstances may look the same, but I'm going to change them. I'm going to continue to walk down the hallway and praise him in the hallway. My healing hasn't come yet, but I'm going to praise him in the hallway. My breakthrough hasn't come yet, but I'm going to praise him in the hallway anyways, because when we're in the hallway, we got to learn how to praise the Lord. Everyone has goals. Everybody has dreams. And so many of us, we want to set a goal and then reach that goal. We set that goal, we reach that goal. We set the goal and reach the goal. And the problem with living life like this only for the next season is that we're going to miss out on so much of life because so much of life is lived in the hallway. It's lived in the in-between season that we find ourselves in. The journey is more important than our destination. We have to learn to enjoy the hallway and learn to enjoy the in-between season. And if we do we will be able to be still instead of living restless. The second trap, be still versus worrying about others. The second part of verse 7 says, don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. He's saying don't worry about other people. Don't worry about other people's successes. Don't worry about their dreams. You run your race. Pastor Gary, I'm the one serving in church. Why don't I get those opportunities to be able to have leadership? Pastor Gary, I'm the one that's, I'm the one that's generous. Why don't financial blessings come my way? Pastor Gary, I'm the one serving and I'm the one that's nice to people. Why aren't people nice to be, why aren't they nice to me? Don't worry about other people. You worry about yourself. You run your race. You, what you don't realize is that you're nearing the end of a hallway right now. And God has a bigger and a better door for your life than you could ever imagine is bigger and better than you could ever think God has a door at the end of that hallway we just need to learn to be still and to stop worrying about other people's successes the third trap 
Be still versus being angry. Look at the next verse, verse 8. It says, stop being angry. Turn, uh, turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. It's challenging and it's difficult waiting on God, isn't it? It's so challenging. It's so difficult. It's easy to get upset. It's easy to get angry with God when we don't think that God is moving in the direction that we think he should move. But this type of anger leads to harm. And when we find ourselves getting further and further away from the things that God is calling us to, the worst thing that we could do is get upset with people or get upset at situations or even get upset with God. And there might be people here this morning or joining us online and you think God forgot about you. You're upset with God. You're trying to remind God about all the plans and purposes that he's placed in your life. And you're upset with God because you think God's forgotten about you. You think he's forsaken you. You think those dreams are never going to come true in your life. But I want to tell you Hebrews 13 and verse 5 says that he will never leave you nor forsaken you. God has not left you. God has not forsaken you. God has a plan for your life. God wants to bring his purpose about in your life. God has not forgotten you. Don't forget about him. Just trust in him and be still in the presence of the Lord. And if we will learn this, then verse 9 will come true. It says, for the wicked will be destroyed, but those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. If we will trust in God, then we will possess the dreams that God has placed in our hearts. Is there anyone in here saying, I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to trust him even when it doesn't seem like I'm reaching my goals. I'm going to continue trusting God even when I'm not having my healing. I'm going to keep on trusting God even when my children are not serving Jesus. I'm going to continue trusting God even when my spouse isn't treating me right. I'm going to continue to do all the things I know God has asked me to do. I'm going to trust the Lord. Because I know he's going to be faithful. Somebody shout, I'm going to trust the Lord. Come on, declare that over your life. I'm going to trust the Lord. And if we do, we're not going to live angry. We will learn, we will be able to trust the Lord. The third wise way to wait on God is wait with action. I love this. In Genesis chapter 12, God speaks to Abraham and Sarah about their soon-to-be offspring and he tells them that he wants them to move to the new land that he wants to give to them. So they leave Haran, which is the place that they've always been in. They left their family. They left their items. They left their possessions. They left their country. They left everything. Why? Because they were people of action. And in Psalm 37 and verse 23, it says, the Lord directs the steps. In other words, that's action. Taking steps is taking action. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their life. This verse teaches us that while we are waiting, we should be stepping. While we are waiting, we should be stepping. We should be moving forward. We, we, even when we're in a waiting season, we ought to be taking steps. I know it's hard, but waiting is, is very difficult, but waiting is not passive. Waiting is not just staying still, doing nothing, but waiting is action. And the Bible says that God directs the steps of the godly. So when you're in a waiting season and you don't know if you should step, step this way or step this way or what way to go, what we ought to be doing is continuing to, to take steps towards godliness. That's the steps that we should be taking. And I'm so glad that when we give our lives to Jesus Christ, that the Holy Spirit comes and lives in our lives to guide us and to lead us. Aren't you glad that you have the Holy Spirit when you gave your life to Jesus Christ? And when we give our lives to Jesus Christ, how is it that the Holy Spirit guides us in our life? That answer is found in verse 23. It says, though they stumble, they will never fall. The Lord, for the Lord holds them by the hand. This is so good right here because when you're in a waiting season, the Lord directs the steps of the godly, and he holds them by the hand, even when you, you don't know where to step. I'm going to need someone to help me out with this illustration this morning. I want one volunteer, one volunteer. Hey, Justin, why don't you go ahead and come up here? I saw you raise hand. No, you didn't raise your hand, but that's okay. Why don't you come up here? I want, I want you to help me with this next illustration. I want to show you how is it that God, the Holy Spirit, will guide us in life when we're in a waiting season. All right, Justin, go ahead and face that way. 
What I want you to do is, for this illustration, keep your eyes closed the entire time, okay? I'm not, no, I'm not going to mess with you. We're really good friends, and so he's like, oh, all my friends know I'm a huge prankster and jokester. I always mess with my friends, but I won't do that right now, I promise. In the sight of God's people, I will not mess with you right now, okay? All right, so keep your eyes closed. And what I want you to do for just a moment is turn about six times and then just stop whenever you think it's about six times. Just turn and turn just to lose your bearing on where you are in relationship to my voice right now. Okay, so just keep on turning until you think you've turned six times. All right, okay. All right, so when we're in a waiting season, here's how God directs us. Justin, keep your eyes closed the entire time. Okay, now if I were to ask you, Justin, hey, Justin, do you think you can make it back to your seat without bumping into speakers and without bumping into lights and, and all kinds of musical equipment? Do you think you can walk off, do you think you can head that way without falling off the stage or tripping over the stairs? Do you think you can do that? No. Why? Uh, because I have a feeling the stairs are right there, but I'm not sure. Okay, so the reason why is because you don't know where you're headed, Right? You, you know that God's placed a dream in your life. You know that God's placed a desire in your heart. You know that God spoke something over your life. But you don't know which way is the first step to take. So here's what God does for you and for me. When we give our lives to Jesus Christ, here's how this works. Because the Bible says that he directs the path of the godly. He directs the steps of the godly and he holds them by the hand. So Justin, with your eyes closed, I want you to put your hand out, your, preferably your left hand. And I'm going to grab your hand. Don't try to interlock fingers with me. And here's what we're going to do. That's left for just you and your wife. All right, here's what we're going to do. Here's what God does in our life. He directs us by holding our hand. And not only that, you know what he does as he's walking you to the places he's wanting to take you? He's saying, hey, don't worry. Continue following me. I'm not going to harm you. I'm not going to let anything bad happen to you. I'm not going to let those things that those people said... I'm not going to let anything that those people said to you stick to you. You don't worry about the things that people are saying over you. You worry about the things that I'm speaking over you. You don't worry about the things that aren't happening. You worry about the things that are happening, the things that I am doing in your life. Don't worry about all the things that people said over your life that would never come true. Why? Because our verse this year is Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to... Plans for good and not, to, not, for dis, uh, not for disaster, but to give you a future and a hope. And so right before you get to where God is placing you, you just continue to trust in the Lord because he's going to direct your path every single step that you're walking down that way. Why? Because we have the presence of the Lord that's going to direct our steps by him holding our hand. Unfortunately, so many of us, when we give our lives to Jesus, we say we want to follow the Lord in any. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm, God, I will follow you to the ends of the world. You, whatever you want me to do, Lord, I will do for you. And so often, unfortunately, this is what we do as believers. Justin, go and stand up one more time. And Justin, I want you to lead me out the door, okay? Out, out this way. Okay, so hold my hand. And so this is what we do when we're in a waiting season, unfortunately, so often. Go ahead, start leading me. Oh, no, no, I don't know, Lord. Lord, I don't know. God, I don't know if I want to go that way because, God, I'm in this relationship, and I know I ought to be married, or, or I know I, I, I ought to be in a relationship where we're equally yoked, but, Lord, I don't know because at least I have someone over here. God, what if you don't have someone for me over there? God, what if I give up on this that I know I'm compromising in because I know you have someone over there, but, God, I just don't know if you'll bring it about in my timing. God, I don't know. I don't know. For some of us, it looks like this. God, I don't know if I, if I want to give up on this job right here because I know you've opened up a door over there. I know I went to school for that over there. God, I know there's more pay. I know there's more days off over there. But God, over here, it's just so easy. It's easy for me to live over here, Lord. I don't know. I just don't know, God, if I want to go down that route. And then so often what we do is we spend so much time in the hallway. God did not intend for us to live in the hallway longer than the appointed time. God has an appointed time for every single dream, every desire, every plan, every purpose. God has a dream and a perfect time for every single thing that's going on. And sometimes we stay in the hallway much, much too long. 
But when we're in the hallway, we have to take action, action. We have to take steps. And when we don't know what to do, we got to let the Holy Spirit lead us to every single door through the hallway and every single thing he wants us to do. And when we don't know what step to take, take steps towards godliness. Continue to pray. Continue to read your Bible. Continue to go to small group. Continue to going to celebrate recovery. Continue going to life group. Continue to, do, continue to go to church. Continue to view online. Continue to do all the things you know that is going to bring about godliness in your life. Why? Because God directs the steps of the godly and he holds them by the hand. How does he hold us? By the hand. You don't have to do life by yourself. Listen, this is a word for someone here today. You think that you can do life by yourself. How has that gone so far? You think that you don't have to listen to the Lord. You think, man, God will bless that anyway. No, God's not going to bless that anyways. Listen, you stay faithful. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on your faith. Don't give up on the things that you know are godly things to do in your life because God will direct the, the, the steps of the godly and hold them by the hand. Number four, worship team, if you would come. And the fourth wise way to wait on God is wait with commitment. Psalm 37 and verse 7 says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Wait patiently. Waiting patiently takes commitment. Abraham and Sarah waited 25 years before giving birth to their promised child, to their blessing. But if we will act If we will step, rather, then God will act. If we will step, because that's action, then God will act. And that's a word for here someone today as well. You're not stepping. You're staying exactly where you are. You think that waiting on the Lord means just staying still, not doing anything for you. No, no, no. If you will take steps, God will act. You take steps, God will act. Don't give up on your faith. Don't give up on the promise. Don't give up on the calling. Don't give up on all the different things that God has said over you, over your life. Because he will be faithful to you. If you will step, God will act. And one of the greatest keys that Abraham and Sarah learned to be successful is that they did not give up. They did not walk away in the delay. Don't you walk away in the delay this morning. Don't you walk away because that door is so much closer than you could ever imagine. Romans chapter 4, verse 18 through 21 says, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. And so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, So shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was nearly as good as dead. And this verse is telling us that they believed that their bodies were as good as dead, which meant that their dreams were as good as dead. Can anyone relate in here today? Maybe you're growing impatient because you think God can't do it anymore. You're in this waiting season. You think, God, is it possible for you to do this thing anymore? And you think that it's dead. You think your finances are dead. You think your breakthrough is dead. You think your marriage is dead. You think that that, that your child coming back to Jesus is dead. You think that the promises that he's spoken over your life are dead. But I have something that I want to remind you of this morning. There's a verse 20. I love this verse. It says, yet in the seemingly dead season... Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do all that he had promised. And I want to remind you this morning, God wanted me to remind you that if you will be faithful, that he will do all the things that he said he could do over your life. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on your faith. Don't give up on the promises. God hasn't forgotten about his promise for you. He hasn't forgotten about his dreams for you. He hasn't forgotten about the goals that he has for you. God is for you. He has not come against you, but God will do all the things 
that he said he will do over your life. Now, come on, let's all stand in this place if we're able. You might be in a waiting season, but God has an appointed time for you. You might be in a waiting season, but God has not forgotten about you. You might be in a waiting season, but God's going to declare his goodness and his grace over your life. You might be in a waiting season, but your child's going to come home. You might be in a waiting season, but that cancer's going to be healed. You might be in your waiting season, and that, that husband or that wife is going to start giving her life to Christ. Come on, worship team. Teach us how to wait today. Teach us how to wait. God, we're going to wait on you. God, we're not going to go forward in our own strength. God, we're going to lean into you. God, we're going to continue to chase in the hallway. God, you have a door greater than what we can believe. God, you have things greater than we could ever hope for. God, you got a plan for my life. You have a destiny for my life. God, you can do it. nothing's changing around you but you continue to give him praise because he's going to get you through that season you might think nothing is changing you might think he's forgotten about you but God has never left you nor forsaken you he's got a plan for your life if you're in a waiting season right now you think God might have forgotten about you if you're in a waiting season right now you just need strength to continue to hold on you might be in a planting or a watering season you may not be in your harvest season yet but I'm telling you and I'm declaring it over your life that your harvest season's coming oh it might take some time that hallway may be longer than you might realize but it's a bigger door than you have ever thought of that you could have ever imagined or ever dreamed but if you're in that waiting season this morning I want to pray for you lift your hands all across this auditorium if you're in a waiting season right now I want God to give you the strength to get through that waiting season. Lord, you see every single hand. You see every single detail of our life, just like Psalm 37 says. It says you see every detail. God, if we will trust in you, you will help us in every season, every planting season, every watering season, every harvest season, every season that we can find ourselves in. God, you will help us. And so right now, Holy Spirit, would you grab our hands and would you help to walk us to the, the down that hallway to the direction that you want us to go. There's some of us in here, we don't know what steps to take, but God, we're going to continue to take st steps to be godly. We're going to continue to pray. Our prayer life is going to increase in this season. God, we're going to continue to read your word and our, our knowledge of the word is going to grow in this season. God, we're going to learn how to trust you and the prophetic utterances and the giftings of the spirit are going to grow in our lives during this season. God, we may not know what's happening, but God, our trust in you, our ability to love you and to want more of you is going to increase in this time. More of life is lived in the in-between season. God, would you give us the ability to continue to honor you, to bring you glory in every season of life that we are in today. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, guide us. Holy Spirit, lead us. Holy Spirit, hold our hand as you navigate us through this waiting season because, God, we know that you have better on the other end. God, all we need to do is wait on you, to be still on you, to trust you, to know that you have a great plan for our life. God, as we're, as we're waiting, we're going we're, we're to wait with action. We're going to continue to take steps. God, as we're waiting, we're going to be still with a still soul. 
We're not going to get angry at other people or circumstances, but God, we're going to trust you. God, we're going to wait with commitment. It doesn't matter how long this waiting season might be because God, I'm going to grow in this season. I'm going to get closer to you in this season. I'm going to see my dreams come true. If I just hold on a little bit longer, if I continue to head down that hallway, I know there's a door that you're going to open up for me. So God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you come and would you let us know that we are in the place that you want us to be. There is an appointed time for every season. Just because we haven't gotten to the harvest season doesn't mean God's forgotten about it. God has an appointed time for every single dream, goal, aspiration, purpose under heaven. And so right now, God, we're not going to grow impatient. We're going to wait on you because we want to be in the presence of the Lord and experience your goodness today. So God, we're people that love you. We are people that want more of you. We are people that want your presence. We are people that want to live patiently and to wait on you. So God, I pray that you would give hope and mercy to every single one of us here today. God, as we walk out today, that we would feel encouraged because just, just because there are other people in this harvest season, we should be encouraged because the same God that got them through is the same God that's gonna get us through. And we're not gonna wait in this waiting season forever. God, we know that it's coming to an end. We know there's an appointed time. So God, we know you're going to get us through. So Lord, thank you for giving us hope. Thank you for reminding us that you love us. Just because we are in this place in life does not mean that you don't love us. The very fact that we are in this place in life means that you want to teach us some things. You want to teach us how to rely on you and how to press into you. You want to teach us how to hear your voice more clearly. You want to teach us how to walk in the spirit better. You want to teach us how to be the better, a better father, a, a better spouse, a better, a better husband. God, a better whatever it is you're teaching us. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would give us hope today. And if you feel encouraged today, would you just say a loud amen? God has a plan and a destiny for you. He has not forgotten about those plans. You wait on him. Don't give up in well-doing. I love this. This is one of my anchor verses in life. Galatians 6, 9 says, don't grow weary in well-doing, for if you don't give up and you don't faint, you're going to reap a harvest of blessing. Listen to me. Your blessing is on the other end of that patience. Your blessing is on the other end of not giving up and not giving in. You just continue to hold on to God's promise because he's got a promise that is much better for you than you could ever imagine. Come on, if you believe that, say a loud amen. Now, there's others of you this morning, and you come into this place, and, you, and you, maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want you to know that God has a destiny for your life, and he has a purpose for your life. And the reason why you have not been walking with purpose and walking in that destiny is because it's absolutely impossible to know what that calling is on your life without accepting Jesus Christ. And so if you've never accepted Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity today. I want you to know that God wants to order your steps. He wants to grab you by the hand, and he wants to walk with you. You might feel like you're in a waiting season, but God wants to take you through it. God wants to be with you. And if that's you this morning, I'm going to pray this prayer. And it's not this prayer alone that saves you, but it's believing it in your heart. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with my mouth that I confess and my heart that I'm justified. And so this morning, as you confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I want you to know that salvation is yours. It doesn't say that you might be saved or you could be saved. It said you will be saved. In fact, I believe there might be people watching over online right now, and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you have. Maybe you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior in the past, but you need to rededicate your life today. I want to pray this prayer with you, and if you mean this prayer from your heart, God will absolutely come into your life, and he will navigate your path from this day forward. So here we go. There's some people that the light is about to turn on. There's some people in here right now, your destiny is about to change. There's some people in here right now that you're going to know for the very first time that there's a loving father that wants to be with you, and God is for you, and he wants to be with you as he navigates you down that hallway. So right now, as I pray this prayer, close your eyes, everyone. Harvest Church, I want you to also pray with those that are going to be praying this prayer for the first time. Say this prayer out loud. Lord Jesus, I know I've sinned against you. I've been trying life by myself, but I know that you are a loving father today. I know that you want to live in my heart. I know that you want to navigate my life down this hallway. I know you have big dreams for me. I know you have big purposes for me. I know you've got a big door at the end of this hallway. 
So right now, Lord Jesus, I accept you. I believe on you. And I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. From this day forward, I give my life to you. Help me walk in life. Help me walk down the steps that I need to walk in to get closer towards godliness. Because I know you direct the steps of the godly and that you will hold my hand. So right now, I love you, Lord, and I give you praise. And everyone said aloud, amen. Now, before you erupt in praise and get excited about those that have given their lives to Jesus Christ, I want to, I want to ask you to do one more favor. If you gave your life to Jesus this morning, I want you to do me a favor. And just, I'm going to count to three in just a moment from now. When I count to three, if you met that prayer from your heart, you're going to begin to lift your hands all across this auditorium. Because the Bible says in, in Luke chapter 15 and verse 10 that all of heaven erupts in praise when even just one person comes to know the Lord. So today, I want to allow our church family to celebrate with you. Because if you look around, these are your new brothers and sisters in the spirit. And so this morning, we want to rejoice with you. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, I'm going to count to three. You're not going to allow Satan to hold your hand back. You're not going to get discouraged. You're not going to get embarrassed. If you can't live for Jesus in here, you're not going to be able to live for Jesus out there. There's safety in here. So when I count to three, raise your hands all across this auditorium. One, two, three lift your hands if you prayed that prayer with us this morning yes over there lift them up keep them up yes back there yes back there yes over there yes over there come on lift it yes right here yes right here yes right over here now come on our church give praise to the lord god is so good god has changed your destiny God is giving you value today. If you prayed that prayer with me and you meant it from your heart, do me a favor and fill out this card that's located in a chair right, right, behind, right in front of you. And on the very back of that card, mark down that I gave my life to Jesus Christ or I recommitted my life to Jesus Christ. We have a class that we want to invite you to come to and uh, Foundations of Faith. It's a complimentary class. We'll give you all the materials free. But I just want to pray a blessing over you before you leave today. How many of you glad you came to church today? How many of you feel like you have hope today? How many of you know that God loves you? He hasn't forgotten about you today. How many of you know that God has a destiny for your life today? God, I pray for every single person in this auditorium and those joining us online. God, thank you for the reminder that you love us. Thank you for the reminder that we could still be in your will even though we're going through a waiting season. God, I pray for every single one of us today that you would bless us as we leave this auditorium. And God, as we go uh, from this auditorium, may we never leave your presence. Go with us everywhere we go. Be with us in everything we do. For it's in Jesus' name that we give you thanks. And everyone said aloud, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. Wonderful church. You were absolutely amazing to share the word with today. We'll see you next week. Walk with God. Be patient as you wait on God. Be patient as you wait for those dreams and those goals. Amen. In the name of the Lord, God is with you. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless. Thank you.